Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And good football Monday, Birds fans. Although each and every single start of Birds 365, we scream, let's go, let's go. We actually mean it this week because let's go. The season is right. We are on the doorstep. It is upon us with the Eagles reporting to training camp tomorrow, which means John McMullen will be reporting to training camp, but not till Wednesday. Right, Johnny Mac? They're going to give you grass time starting on Wednesday. <clears throat> Uh, starting on Wednesday, very limited grass time this summer, but grass time nonetheless. Uh, yeah, I mean, did you see Ruben's column this week, Jody? Yes. Uh, did you see his last nuggets? I, I really enjoyed that. So I'll give Ruben a hat. I read it. I don't remember it. So please. Uh, uh Dick Vermeil obviously is about to go. Oh, well, about the amount of practice hours. Yeah. Yeah. And he compared. Dick Vermeil's first training camp, which, by the way, went from July 5th to September 3rd, and they played six preseason games back then. And he he compared the number of hours of preparation time, as best he could figure, ballparking it, at about, about 180 hours compared to this year, which how many, is how unbelievable. Many- how many hours are the Eagles supposed to be practicing? Just a general guesstimate, probably within an hour. Yeah, well, there's a little bit. He probably undersold it. He had it 19. 19 hours. 19 hours. Um, now, see, there are walkthroughs. See, the problem is, back in those days, like, everything was open to the media. Like, everything. They didn't care because the sport wasn't as popular, and they enjoyed, you know, the, coverage, the, the sure. publicity and the coverage and all that kind of stuff. Now... They Friday news de- dumped us on the uh, credential applications. They didn't come out till Friday afternoon, uh, the week before training camp, late in the afternoon, six, seven o'clock. 
um, they don't want the coverage. So, you know, there's a lot of walkthroughs. They get one walkthrough, one real practice, whatever you want to call it. They're both, you know, each day. Um, so there's a little bit more, but yeah, it's way, it's not even remotely uh, like it used to be. And we all have to get used to it. Those of us who can remember back to when Dick Vermeil was the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, we just can long for those days all we want, but they are gone. They should not be forgotten, but do not lament the fact that. Uh, Don't the lament pre- six preseason games. I'll say that. Uh, there you go. Uh, oh, Johnny finding the silver lining of every yeah. cloud. Um, yeah, there's just going to be less preparation done. That's the new norm in the National Football League. And the Eagles are even on the low end of things because they believe that less is more and guys don't get hurt. So in uh, forget about comping the Eagles of today to the Eagles of 40-plus years ago. Just comp the Eagles of today to the other teams in the National Football League. And the Eagles put in less hours and practice time than almost everybody else in the National Football League. But despite the fact that they're going to have so little time, self-decided so little time, uh, to prep for the upcoming season. John McMullen came out with his first 53-man <laughs> roster for the Philadelphia Eagles this week on jacobsports.com. He takes pride in the fact that before the season starts, he's pretty damn good at guessing along with the Eagles as to who is going to be kept. Now, the one thing I must ask you before we go through your list, and uh, we've got two good guests joining us today, Paul Domich and uh, Zach Berman, two very good uh, Eagle Beat guys. Um, did you put this list together before the major Eagle signing over the weekend of the former Dallas Cowboy back who took it in from 22 yards out in that varsity versus JV game last year in December between the Eagles and the Cowboys? Uh, and and a, qu- a quick question, Jaquan Hardy. Do I remember him right? Was he a guy who was quasi-prominently shown on Hard Knocks last year? Yeah, somebody else told me that. I think he was, but I didn't watch it that closely. Uh, Some Another fan mentioned that. but Yeah, I remember Jaquan Hardy. He was a guy, and they do a nice job, and we'll talk about Hard Knocks when it gets underway again this year. Um, Lions, uh, uh, maybe our buddy Deuce Staley will be prominently shown. Hopefully. Um, you know, but, maybe he'll get a head coaching job if he's prominently shown. There, there you go. Uh, yeah. Lay the groundwork. Um, I remember Jaquan Hardy, and you don't. It's a, it's for me. It's an informational, but also an entertainment vehicle, and they do a pretty good job of producing that show and putting it together. You have a couple of guys that you hook into that are borderline to make the team guys that you either root for, or root against. And Jaquan Hardy was a guy I kind of rooted for, and he was on the. Uh, Cowboys roster last year and he did play in that last game when all the subs got elevated for the Cowboys had a good game the Eagles picked them up off the scrap heap yesterday because they were a little light in the running back room we're all just waiting for Juwan Howard to be resigned and the Eagles have the luxury of reaching out and signing him whenever the hell they want because nobody else in the National Football League seems to like him as much as we do Jaquan Hardy got a shot to make this team. I know he's not a on your original 53, but no. had you known that, would well, you be editing? Well, a couple editing? things, a couple clarifications. Yeah, I did it before Jaquan Hardy. The Eagles have not officially signed Jaquan Hardy yet. He's right. coming in today. Uh, I can tell you his camp thinks they're going to sign. Now, um, 
you know, he Minnesota wanted him to come in for a workout, and I guess they're not to sign him. They wanted him to work out. Um, and he gave an indication there that the Eagles were planning to sign him. But then the news got he's coming in for a workout, so he could still screw this thing up, number one. Uh, but I do think he's 225 pounds. Um, they need that bigger back. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about Juwan Howard. It makes sense to go with a younger guy who's healthy. You know, as effective as Jordan Howard has been with this team, he's always hurt at this stage. He's clearly breaking down. Um, and I think their their sentiment, the Eagles' sentiment is, you know, we joke about it here, Jody, Jody Mack, John McMullen. We could probably all get, I don't know, probably me, only three and a half. But average running back is going to get four. 4.5 yards to carry behind this offensive line. You might as well get the younger guy. So if he gets here and he signs, yeah, they need that big back presence. And we talked about, you know, break class in case of emergency with, with Jordan Howard. To have no obvious fourth running back, you know, Kennedy Brooks, who I had on my first 53 just as a curveball, to be honest. This is not my official one. This is the start of camp. Jason Huntley. You know, his path is a kick returner. And if he's going to be the kick returner, you got to get Jalen Rager out of here somehow because the Eagles aren't cutting him. They might trade him, but they aren't cutting him. And to trade him, well, they need somebody to trade him to. So, um, you know, there's a lot of hurdles for him making this team. Um, if he gets here at 225 pounds, he could offer him something they don't have. Yeah, he could be an off-the-radar guy. And that's why I said – in this, you know, why the the first one before training camp, there are going to be names brought in, Jody. Might only be a couple, might be a trade. As I said, maybe Rager's out of here. Um, there are going to be a couple tweaks and names you don't even know that are going to be on that final 53. So maybe Hardy's one of them. You, you mentioned uh, uh, Hunley as a potential return guy. Yeah, he's not on your list, nor is... Britton Covey, not on your list. There is, nor is Devin Allen, not on your list. And these guys all could very well be on the practice squad, or at least two out of three of them would, would uh, I think, uh, be guys that the Eagles would try and at least keep within the organization, if not on the 53. Um, if you've got those three guys not on the roster, who who are your return guys for week one? Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. Oh, so you got, that's right. You still got Rager here. Yeah. Uh, both punts and kickoffs. Both punts and kickoffs. And, Is that going to work, J Mac? Well, he did it last year, but didn't work. But you know, Eagles did it. Um, uh, it I I will say he's got some explosiveness. Now the problem is he makes bad decisions. He doesn't always catch the ball. And that's more important. But he did have, I think, a thirty-yard punt return, a forty-yard kickoff return. They haven't had anybody else who can do that. So when he does get going, there can be some positives. Um, you know, I forget who we talked about this last week, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again. You know, you have this, it, you have this thought of, of him being there on September 11th, and what does that mean to the general manager? You know, is it more embarrassing to cut a, a, a 2021st round pick, take the the financial medicine, which in you know, it's a lot, but in a large scale of things, this team is proven they'll leave dead money, $33 million of dead money for Carson Wentz. 
they'll eat dead money and keep Fletcher Cox and paying 14 million on top of it. So they're not concerned about that part of it. So I, I, I kind of don't buy that anymore from the way they acted the past couple of years. So I start to think of myself, if you're, well, if it's an ego thing, isn't it worse that he's on the team and he's not really a part of the team and you're trying to make him the kick returner and you know, I, I mean, isn't that worse? Isn't that a worse look than just, you know, out of sight, out of mind? Sure, you take some hits for 48 hours maybe and all the stories are done. And then you go to week two, Jody. What's week two? Justin Jefferson coming in to Lincoln Financial Field. True. And then you have that dichotomy. Mm-hmm. He'll probably go for 150 even if the Vikings lose. And – you know, people are going to be saying, and Jalen Rager's just sitting there on the sidelines. How, how, how was that look for Howie Roseman? So, yep. you know, he should start thinking a little bit more in that direction, in my opinion. But he's going to be here. If they can't trade him, he's going to be here. Here's my opinion <clears throat> um, and how I would handle it if Howie uh, asked my advice. It comes down to answering one simple question. How much fear do you actually have? That when you cut Jalen Rager, he will land with another team and while not uh, live up to the level of where you picked him in the first round. Uh, if that happens, yeah, sorry, you just got poked in the eye. There's nothing you can do about it. But realistically, can he be better for someone else than he has been in his two years for you? If you believe that and that uh, worries you and you think that if you cut him, then he's going to go somewhere else and put up better numbers than he did for you. Then you got to keep him because you don't want that to happen. But if you have realistically come to an evaluation of his talent level and say, yeah, we just missed. We swung and we missed. The pitch is biased. It's in the catcher's mid. We swung. We missed. And guess what? He's just not that good. He's not that good with us. He's not going to be that good with anybody else. Wash your hands. Move on. Get on with the rest of your life. That's what it comes down to is your actual evaluation of the player. Not only for what he can do with your team, because you went out and got A.J. Brown, so there's less opportunities for the wide receivers, so he's going to have less of a chance to uh, catch up, make up, prove that he was worthy of at least a day two pick rather than a day one pick, whatever. Um, you just have to evaluate the player and say, what would he do with Well, can I give you a third category, Jody? Go ahead, yeah. Um, He's going to be better because how could he be worse? Oh, he can be worse. But uh, I don't know if he can be worse. Oh, yeah, he can. He can absolutely um, be worse. But what if he's a fourth receiver? Who cares? I mean, he's better than he was here. I mean, in a lot of ways, I I compare it to the Sixers and Ben Simmons. and, And Ben, as much as I dislike him as a player, um, and I think he's so limited in certain aspects. He's he's still good in certain aspects. Right. And he made he made all star teams. Yeah. And he can go somewhere and be effective and be good. But I advocated the Sixers moving on because it wasn't going to work here. It wasn't going to work here, period. Here. And he's Jalen Rager's a change of scenery guy. I believe when he goes wherever he ultimately goes, whether it's this year, next year, he'll be better. Um, because it's hard for him to be worse. Now, I guess he can be worse, as you pointed out, but it's going to be hard. Um, he's going to be better, but so what? It, 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 to me, if I'm Howie Roseman, it's clear it's not working here, and that's all that matters to me. That's all that matters to me. Now, if he goes to Dallas and 
and makes a play on occasion, well, yeah, that would hurt a little bit, but for different reasons, because it's a rival and people play it up and things like that. But in the bigger picture, it's not going to work here. So that's all that concerns me uh, if I'm the GM. But somebody's actually got to beat them out. And how many receivers are the Eagles going to actually carry? Uh, John put together his uh, first list and had uh, Jalen Rager on it. So does that mean he's going to make this squad? Uh, you know, I'm the president of the Greg Ward fan club, but I got enough of a look at what the Eagles thought of and the usage of Greg Ward last year with Hurts uh, as their full-time quarterback. He just fell off the face of the earth. And if he's sticking around purely because he's a good veteran guy, and a lot, the Eagles don't have the need for that anymore. Last year with Rager still young and them still crossing their fingers, holding out hope he could become better. Yeah, I could see where that was an added value. Uh, rookie year for Devontae Smith. Now he's a second-year player, and A.J. Brown is here. I I don't know that, that Greg Ward's going to be able to make this squad. Well, he's probably the odds are probably against him. That's another one where I tried to go a little bit outside the box. My theory on that is, you know, the practice squad is so big nowadays, 16. Um, you can do whatever you want with these younger players. The, the Eagles, they're younger receivers. They can get them through waivers. Now, the one potential to that, and you've kind of brought it up in the past, if Dallin, Devin Allen returns a kick, say, in the preseason, well, then maybe you got to think about keeping them on the 53. Yeah. Um, you know, Britton Kobe, a lot of excitement as a punt returner, as I said, you can get him through waivers. I agree easily. there. Um uh, you know, Josh Hammonds of the world, John Hightower. So you already saw with John Hightower. You can get all these guys through waivers, put them on the practice squad if you want them. The Carrick Weed Balls, on and on and on. Um, that's where I say, you know, it's a little bit different to cut to 53. When the practice squad is, it works both ways. The practice squad is so big, you can also put veteran players on the practice squad now. So it's a little bit different from a strategy standpoint. And I don't see, like, great developmental talent at receiver for the Eagles. I see a bunch of guys. Um, and unless Devin Allen, uh, as I said, shows somebody else something, um, I don't think you have to worry about getting any of those guys through waivers. And here's where Howie Roseman's got a leg up. Um, he knows what other teams were talking to Devin Allen if any other teams were talking to Devin Allen, when when the news came out that Devin Allen had signed with the Eagles, you know what my first question was: Who's Devin Oops. Allen? Yeah, I had no idea who the guy was. It's Unless been you're years a track since he played yeah. at Oregon, and yes, no, I'm not up on the latest world track rankings and or uh, best in divisions and the like. So it came completely out of left field and a, a surprise when I got the details of it and found okay. Yeah, you know what? This might not be a bad take a shot in the dark signing by the Eagles. Well, the Eagles had to sign him either as the only team with interest in him, or if there was another team, if his agent was shopping him around to the entire National Football League, I'm sure that he told Howie, listen, we've got interest from team A, B, C, D, and E, and F. So Howie should at least have those teams in his mind as to potential landing spots for Allen. If they have injury issues and or their kickoff or putt return it goes down, you might want to factor that in as to whether you decide to keep Devin Allen on your uh, 53. He is John McMone. I'm Jody McDonald. 
Tomorrow's the day, folks. Eagles back in camp. They'll just be reporting. John and his cohorts get grass time on Wednesday, the first true Eagle workout of the season. It's nice to have football back. It's also nice to get our buddy Paul Domwich back into the mix. He will join us next here on Birds 365. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. about it, taking you through it, all the way up to the beginning of the regular season. We appreciate you streaming the Internet Birds 365. Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, and our buddy Paul Domwich, good enough to hop aboard to get this week off on the right foot for us. Uh, Johnny, if you don't mind, let me get the first question in here. Because I don't Shoot. think we've had Domo comment on this before. Paul Domwich, how moved, excited, uh, out of your seat with excitement are you about the new Eagle Black Helmet? 
<laughs> oh man, I've, I've had, I'm glad I've had, he gave that one to Dama. I'm glad. I've, yes, I've had medication for the palpitations. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry yeah, about I'm, that. God, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, do people not know they're just reaching into your back pocket and taking money? Now, hey, if you like it, fans, great. You know, if that's your thing, but just realize it's a money grab. It's yeah. not it's not yeah. about looks, it's not about anything else, it's not about I don't know, but to me a lot of people don't realize that that they're um you know, they're just yeah. taking more money from you. But that's yeah. John me. John and I have gone down this road before, Damo, and neither one of us is moved by uniform changes. We kind of forget about them as soon as the game is over and done with, and we've talked about it before, but some people New Eagle fans, old Eagle fans, just love to talk about the new and changed uniform jersey or helmet or whatever yeah. else. I kind of care about the football, not what they dress the players up as. But there are some Eagle fans and fans, of course, and it's not just Eagles. Don't let me, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting this on Eagle fans. This is every fan across the oh, National yeah. Football League. They get nuts about these uniform changes. And John is exactly right. It, it's all about putting money in the owner's pockets. It doesn't yeah. grab you either, huh? You're you're with McMullen and I here that you don't yeah. really care yeah. what they look like when they make plays. You know, it's amazing though. You don't see this in other sports. The you know the fans getting excited much. when the you know when the Phillies yeah. you know change make a change to their uniform top or uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's a big deal in soccer with the kits. They have true. different kits. Yeah. Um, uh, I I do think people got a little bit upset about the NBA when they start started putting advertising on there which makes sense but and then i always remember uh the the charles barkley quote when the sixers changed their uniform uh to this garish uh it was it was ugly but uh and Mm. charles said it looks like they gave a crayon to my daughter and came up with that (laughs) which i thought was great which i thought that yeah that's the kind of stuff I like. But from a standpoint, if I ask you, Dama, what the Eagles were in Tampa Bay during the playoff loss? I don't know. I got to go back and look at the video. But I got five minutes after the game ended. I would have to look at the highlights. I I, I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I can't remember, I can't remember what color they wore for the, uh, for the Super Bowl uh, in Minneapolis. Oh, no, either can I. I would have to look at the highlights. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I couldn't tell you. Off the top of my head, mm-hmm. which I'm proud of, by the way. <laughs> Damo, uh, Johnny Mac came up with his uh, very initial first uh, very initial. hope at 53 men to make the Eagles before the season started, but he mm-hmm. did so before the Eagles signed uh, Jake Juan Hardy. And they haven't even officially signed Jake Juan Hardy yet, but a bunch of reports out there I'm very interested in. And he's going to report uh, today, and we'll see if he walks out with a contract. Are you one of those guys who believes, no, I'm sorry, once you played for the Dallas Cowboys, you're tainted, that uh, <laughs> you should never put on that eagle green, uh, Kelly green, midnight green, black, black with trip, whatever color uniform the Eagles are wearing, you should never wear it if you once wore the Dallas Cowboys star on your helmet. You one of those? Well, you guys are asking me some really tough questions this morning. Yes. Yeah. We're starting yeah, out with the top one. I'm not one of those, Jody. Yeah, good for you. And uh, those those Eagle fans, I'm oh, sorry. This I will signify well, the Eagle fans specifically. That, that said, they annoy know. me. Yeah, that, that said, I don't know where Hardy fits in here. Uh, 
I mean, they clearly want a power back this year, um, you know, but I think he's going to have competition. So we'll see. Yeah, it makes some sense, Damo, because uh, I, I do think, you know, he's 225 pounds, if we're to believe. I, I did see when he worked out from the mighty football powerhouse of Tippin University. Um, it was, coming out, he was like he listed at 212. Now he's 225. But it always made some sense to me that the Eagles would bring in a younger big back with no injury history versus Jordan Howard, because let's face it. I mean, he's always banged up and to a certain degree with this offensive line. Everybody's going to get four, four and a half yards per carry. So to me, it makes some sense if they go younger at sort of that big back need. Yeah. You know, and I think if they have a power back that can be efficient in third and short, it's also going to make uh, Jalen Hurts' uh, ability to to keep and, and and you know on some of those runs uh, more effective. You know when they have to pay attention to a guy like Hardy or whomever uh, on that you know between the tackles, uh, it's going to loosen things up for for Hurts on if if he does keep the ball. So I think that goes that goes into their thinking with why they want uh, you know a, definitely want a power back that can be effective this year. To, to follow up real quick, sorry, Jody. Um, with Jalen, because of Jalen's effectiveness running the ball, doesn't he help that back as well more oh, more yeah. than normal? And in other words, Boston Scott's great at it, but yeah. you know, there's seems to be this. Um, well, he's so small, and he's not really small; he's short. Um, yeah. Why not just let Boston Scott have that job? Uh, it's it's a little thick outside the box. Yeah. I mean, it was effective last year. Jalen helps with the spacing. Um, am I crazy there or not? No, I mean, I, I, I think they always will have their doubts about a guy his size, but he's proven that he can do the job. I think they just want as many options going into training camp as possible. I mean, if Boston Scott shows in the preseason that he can do that, uh, you know, we, we may not see guys like Jalen Hart, uh, Hardy for uh, – you know, once the season starts. So I don't know. Uh, I think they just want to keep their options open. Speaking of between the tackles and keeping their option open, you think that there is an actual competition for right guard or does Isaac Sayamalo either have to get hurt or lose the job for to not be the Eagles right guard starter? I don't think it's a, you know, they're throwing the ball up in the air and best man wins. I think it's uh, some Sam Allo's job to, to lose, but I don't think they're confident because of the fact that how many games he's missed over the last two seasons, whether he's going to be able to stay healthy, even this summer. I think they want to see what happens with the, you know, with the least Frank, whether it's completely healed, whether he can stay healthy. Plus Driscoll is a good player, but I think in an ideal world, they would like to have, you know, they they if 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 Sayamalo can can stay healthy and play like he did before he got hurt, they've got themselves an ideal right guard to to give them a, a basically a you know five men up front with no weaknesses, and then you've got the ideal uh, swingman uh, inside outside guy in in Driscoll. I think that's what they would like. To, you know that that's if they could paint a picture, that's the way it would look. But it all depends on Sayamalo. They are so deep on the offensive line compared to other teams. I mean, you had Cam Jurgens in the mix, and yeah. you know, it, there's going to be 
I always call it a ramp up period, startup cost, whatever you want to call it for any rookie player, but he's got starting level traits. There's no question about that. And even Suo Peta, I mean, he played last year and I've yeah. seen worse offensive linemen. I see him every week in the NFL. I'm not trying to say he's the Tesla stock that Jason Kelsey called him, but mm-hmm. he he didn't embarrass himself. They're yeah. nine deep at least, and that's with Brett Toth not being healthy. He proved he could play a little bit. It's pretty amazing how deep and they how are. He, on the it, at least how he would I wouldn't call it a dilemma, but you know, I mean, he's he's seen what you can do. What happens? You know, when people start to go down and you don't have depth. So I don't think he wants to, to shed depth here. He'd rather be, you know, overstocked than understocked. But, you know, he's going to get feelers during training camp when people go down for Andre Dillard, uh, you know, for a couple of other people. You know, it'll be interesting to see what his reaction is. I mean, is he does he still want more draft picks next year and the year after? Is he, you know, I mean, how is how would he look at that? Uh, or would he rather just hang on to Dillard in case a worst case scenario happens and, you know, Jordan Mulata's back goes out again or something like that, uh, you know. So uh, my guess is that he's not going to be quick to get rid of anybody unless there's just an offer he can't refuse. Damo, I asked you about the competition, non-competition at right guard. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple of positions on this Eagle team as of right now that there is a legit competition. I just don't think it's at right guard. But there are some that you can say, well, the, it's close enough that the better man should win. But how do you go about determining the better man? Uh, Johnny uh, referenced our buddy Ruben Frank's column in NBC Sports. But he's guesstimating the Eagles are going to have 19 whole hours of prep time going into the first game of the season with uh, <laughs> CBA restricted amounts of time that you can do, the Eagles' own choosing. How do you really decide? I keep asking this to John and everybody else who comes on. How important are those four joint practices that they're going to have this year? Because off last year, it seems like that's the, the season was decided in those joint practices. Is that where the actual Eagle battles for positions and snaps and everything else are going to be won or lost? Well, you know, these the, the interesting thing about these joint practices this year are that they're late. Uh, I believe yeah. my <clears throat> yeah the last game, which, uh, you know, you get that close to the end, you know, you don't want these guys going out there and and getting too physical because you're afraid of injuries at that point, uh, let alone at the beginning. So, you know, I don't even know how, how uh, revealing those joint practices are going to be as far as deciding, you know, any lingering issues as as far as who's going to start. I mean, I, I, my sense is he already knows who we, you know, I mean, who he wants. If, If the people he, believes are going to be his starters stay healthy um you know i think it's already been pretty much decided how how about the rookies though damo because there are rookies that are expected uh to step in talked about jurgens he's not that's fine he's a luxury pick although that's what they said last year about landon dickerson you never know uh and all of a sudden you got to throw him into the deep end of the pool um jordan davis is expected to play Kobe Dean, Jody's got him in the Pro Bowl week one. How do you how do you get ready? How do you get ready as a rookie with five OTA practices and 19 hours over the summer? How how, how can are are we expecting too much out of rookies, at least in Philadelphia? 
Well, you know, you look around the league and, you know, I mean, I, I mean, the, I think the spring has really hurt development of young players, particularly quarterbacks. I say that. And then you see people like Justin Herbert and uh, yeah. Joey Burrow do what they do. But for the most part, what they've done to the spring is just isn't good in my mind and isn't good in the minds of a lot of people, including coaches. Uh, but it's what they gave up. It's what the owners gave up in exchange for things like 17, an extra game, basically for more money. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think they're more concerned, like with a guy like N'Kobe Dean, I think they're they're banking on the fact that if he knows what he's doing, he can play. So they just hope that all the mental reps they've given him and will give him this spring, that he'll know what he's supposed to do, and then they'll put him out there. You know, they'll find the situations early on that he's comfortable with. You know, I mean, with Dean, one thing that's going to be interesting from my standpoint with him is his ability to blitz. I mean, they have, I don't think they've had a, I, I can't remember the time, the last time they've had a linebacker with his blitzing ability. Now, you know, probably Michael Jen, would be close. Michael, yeah, Michael could yeah. blitz, but they didn't Andrew, do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jen. Now, is Gannon going to blitz much? I mean, I think he's going to use the weapons he's got, and he's got some impressive weapons with Davis and uh, uh, Dean because, you know, you can move Jordan Davis all over the place. I mean, I, I he, he is not just a run-plugging nose tackle that you're going to sit down there, you know, in the one gap and uh, for him to stop the run on first down. I mean, this is a guy I think you can move outside in pass rush situations because what tackle or tight end when he gets going? And and he, he ran a – I was checking his 10 splits at, at the combine. Yeah. There was, they were as good as anybody, any defensive end. Yeah. So, I mean, you put a guy with his power coming off the edge – running into a offensive tackle or a poor tight end that's going to try to keep him from the quarterback, you know, you're going to have some problems. So, I mean, I think this guy is, you can really, you know, Gannon's got a lot of people he can move around. He can go big. He can go big outside. Uh, he can go, I mean, there's just so much, you know, you play, is he going to play Hassan Reddick uh, off the balls? Uh, some, uh, is he going to move him, you know, have him up in the line of scrimmage all the time? These are the questions that are going to kind of be, problems for an offense that they're going to be playing against this year. And I think it's going to make that defense really good. Just to uh, set the record straight, uh, yours truly did come up just short of putting the Kobe Dean in the pro bowl. <laughs> what I did do was I thought that he would be one of the top 25 players on the Eagles this year, which John McMullen did not in his preseason top 25. So it's just a, a deep team. It's a deep team. So we have the record straight. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. J- J- Jalen Hurts. We talked about it last week. I haven't got a chance to get your take on it. There are quarterback contracts being done around the league. Um, Kyler Murray signed his. At some point, Lamar Jackson's going to sign his, and I think it will be above and beyond what Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson got, not in guaranteed money for comparison to Deshaun Watson, but I think it'll be over $230 million plus dollars. Uh, the high tide raises all boats which means Jalen Hurts' price is going up and up and up and up and up. Now, there's nothing the Eagles can do about it right now because you couldn't give them a contract extension if they wanted to because it's against the rules in the National Football League. But Howie Roseman's got to be clocking this. He's got to be on top of this. How much will the price of quarterback play across the National Football League factor into how the Eagles evaluate the season Jalen Hurts has? Well, I mean, Howie's always been smart about this and the fact that he knows the price is only going to go up. 
Uh, Lamar Jackson still needs is, is the next guy that's going to sign. And you got Burrow and Herbert who, unless their teams end up waiting until, you know, their option year and, and just keep this thing lingering because they can't afford to pay what they're going to be asking, you know, the quarterback price is going to go up. Now, the question, the big question here is what kind of year is Jalen going to have? If we're assuming he has a, a terrific year, you know, then the ball's in Howie's court. Um, you know, Jalen's not going to command – even you know, let's just let's assume he has a very good year, but not a sensational year. You know, he's not going to command what Kyler Murray just got. No. Uh, he's just—I mean, there's not enough of a. There's just you know. Let, not let, let, let me interrupt. What if he does? What if what if the Eagles win eleven games, win the division, and win that first playoff round? And then play very competitively in the next round. May or may not win. Jalen Hurts plays well in a game. They lose because of defense. He's got one playoff win, which would uh, surpass Kyler Murray, who doesn't have one yet. Why couldn't he jump to Kyler Murray's level? Well, let's keep in mind they had a quarterback named Carson Wentz, who was playing at an oh, MVP. So Carson's going to cost Jalen money, huh? Well, I'm just saying you can. He might. I mean, you cannot make him a Hall of Famer at, if let's, if he has a, a terrific year. You know, do you want more proof before you pay him that kind of money? Before you guarantee him one hundred sixty million or whatever Kyler Murray's uh, been guaranteed? So you um, think they'd ask him to play on the last year of his rookie deal? I think they'd make him an offer. I just don't know. Okay. You know, I mean, how he's creative and how and it's going to be up to how he's going to have it. I mean, this is why they pay him the big bucks. Uh, you know, he's going to have to decide after this year is let's again, let's assume Jalen has a very good year. Well, now it's Howie's turn to say, did we just see the real thing? Is he just going to keep getting better going forward? Because that's been his history that he's improved every year he's played the game or has he hit a ceiling? I mean, that's, you know, he's going to have to decide that uh, if he decides that, that he's still going to keep getting better and, and they've played well this year and they go deep into the playoffs, he may be brave and say, you know, we'll give you a lot of money, uh, Jalen. Here's what we're offering you. And then the ball's back in his court. So uh, I don't know. It's, I, I just think it's to be determined right now. I don't think we know how, how this is going to play out <clears throat> until we see what kind of year Jalen has. Um, to kind of further that Jalen discussion, Damo, um, uh, Nick Sirianni did his – embargo session with us that we can now talk about but um <laughs> I, yeah um he, I but since he's got here he 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 says when he talks about quarterbacks he he says there's four traits he looks at accuracy mm-hmm. decision making um movement skills uh extending plays off schedule stuff like that and arm strength um Jalen checks two of those boxes from the Eagles' perspective. Obviously, the off-schedule stuff he's phenomenal at. Um, And arm strength, which surprises people. The Eagles think he's fine. And any issues you might see are involved with not getting the ball out quick enough on deep throws and things like that, trusting his reads, things things of that nature. Now, recently – he, he still says accuracy is number one, and that's a concern. But he's starting to think that the off-schedule stuff is right there with decision-making as far as importance with this particular player. And he said, I think his quote was, 
sometimes you don't know what you have until you have it. Mm -hmm. And it's that spectacular. Should the Eagles just start forgetting about this, try to make him into a pocket quarterback, try to get the football, try to throw the football, and just take advantage of what he does well? Would they think about that? Is that worth $35 million to them? Do you think Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman are too? No, we need, we need Joe Burrow. We need Justin Herbert. Or will they go, you know, and start thinking, well, this, what he does well, he does really well. So let's accentuate that. Could you see the Eagles going down that path? To a certain degree, yeah. I don't think they want him to be a pocket passer. I mean, this isn't, and again, I refer, go back to Wentz where, you know, they were so afraid uh, after the ACL of him getting hurt that that's basically what they wanted him to do. I mean, Jalen Hurts, and I think I said this last time I was on, Running is is always going to be a critical part of his game, just like it is with Lamar Jackson, just like it is with Kyler Murray. I mean, this is today's quarterback. Uh, and, you know, Jalen's got – you know, Jalen's unlike Lamar. And, you know, Lamar's a make-you-miss kind of guy. Jalen's more of a fullback, which is good because he's more durable um, to, to be able to do that. That said, you know – what I'm interested, one of the things I'm going to be interested in seeing, and I and I so I do think the off schedule stuff is is going to continue to be important. Uh, but he a needs to he needs to stay when he's you know on plays when that are when he's in the pocket he needs to 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 keep that clock running and know when he's exhausted you know when he needs to get out of there. Uh, but he he can't leave too quickly, and that that's the biggest struggle for a guy that with his running ability is that you know at the first sign of. Uh, problems you want to get out of there and, and he can't quite do that but you know one of the things that concerned me last year was he couldn't go to his left yeah uh, and yeah. teams started taking away his right I mean they would have that either a linebacker or someone r rushing wide so that you know he, I mean when he would go to go to his right he might get outside but it would take him an extra 20 yards to get there because they weren't giving him the quick uh, ability to get outside and when he would go to his left he just could not be yeah. accurate I mean, Tampa yeah. killed him with that. Tampa, yes. great game plan from that perspective. Yes. Now, you know, he's worked out. He's, I don't know which quarterback uh, trainers he's worked with out in California. Most, you know, in most cases it's, it's, I don't know that it's all that beneficial. It's, coaches would rather they worked in the, in the, you know, with their coaches in the, at the training facility, but they, they can't do that until April. So, you know, I, I credit him for at least going and trying to improve his mechanics. Yeah. Is he going to be any better at that? I don't know. And, and I think that's going to be a critical component for him this year, his ability to run to the left and throw. Because if he can keep defenses honest going left, it's also going to make him better going to his right where he's much more accurate. Um, you know, there's just a lot of questions right now we don't know. You know, questions about how much better he's gotten at things like that, how Nick's going to – you know, where RPOs figure in this year. Um, so we don't know, you know – we just don't know a lot about this offense until we see it out in the field. And even then we're probably not going to see a whole lot until the season starts. Dama, one of the most intriguing players for the Eagles this upcoming year, at least for me is going to be AJ Brown. And we know that the Eagles uh, gave up a lot to get him, gave him a big contract, expect them to produce here in Philadelphia and two games in four games in six games in eight games in, we're going to be able to check the numbers and, uh, evaluate for ourselves how big A.J. Brown's addition has been. 
But then there's the other aspect of it, of how a player handles himself and the demeanor that he shows. We don't know A.J. Brown. He wasn't here before. Uh, so we're going to have to watch him and evaluate him. Sometimes when players get that huge new contract and that big payday, they go, all right, I'm good. And they just go out and do their job. Some guys make it a challenge. Uh-oh, now I'm making this kind of, I got to raise my game. Different mm-hmm. guys handle those type of deals differently. How much does the demeanor from A.J. Brown mean to you? Are you a guy who just says, hey, hand me the statute after the game. I'll be able to tell you what kind of player he is. Or do you mm-hmm. look into it that much more as to how a guy goes about doing his business in a season, specifically a new guy like A.J. Brown? Well, two things with him. One, you know, I look at the offense he came from. I mean, he played in an offense that basically was, was you know, rotated, was, was revolved around Derrick Henry. So he's used to an offense where he's not going to get, you know, 180 targets. So, you know, he's making a lot of money, and I think he's happy about that. I also think the leadership ability of the quarterback is going to play into the happiness of the wide receivers if they don't get the touches maybe that they think. I think Jalen has the ability and the respect of these guys that that they wouldn't squawk uh, if they're you know they come and talk to him and say hey you know I think I think something you know I think I can get open on this play you know things like that but I don't think you're going to see any uh, you know uh, uh, OJ you know some Beckham stuff uh, things like that where you got people in people's face and complaining to the coaches like you know like uh, Antonio Brown used to do so I. I don't think there are going to be problems, Jody, is a short answer to that. Uh, he is uh, Paul Domowitz. Read him at the 33rdteam.com. He's also going to be back doing the stats package for jacobsports.com. Hopefully some Dick Vermeil stuff at the Hall of Fame. Domo, have fun out there as well. Um, I'll, I'll leave it on defense because one of the frustrating things I, I, I hear, pet peeve of mine, is Eagles are going to be 3-4-4-3. Three, four, four, three. They're going to be neither. Um, uh, they're going to be multiple uh, uh, fronts. You kind of mentioned it a little bit with Jordan Davis. They have the Sam linebackers working with the, with the defensive ends uh, in, together with Jeremiah Washburn. Um, they, they've shown all the signs. Why does that trope? die so hard why is everyone so concerned about four three or three four especially in the modern nfl when you have a nickel corner on the field 65 percent of the time anyway uh good question john i mean, <laughs> uh, I mean sub packages are, are like 65 70 even 75 yeah. of, of what people play now so you know it really doesn't matter what they play on first down uh yeah like i said earlier i mean i think gannon's what gannon wants to do this year is not not have anybody be able to characterize this defense. I think he wants to, he's got the versatility now to do so many different things with this unit, uh, particularly up front and with the linebackers. um, But I think that's, you know, that's going to be one of his, one of that defensive strengths this year. All right. I need a big prediction out of you here, Damo. Um, And I hope you get to join John and get some grass time this year. So uh, I'm asking your opinion on other people's opinions as well. It never fails. Every year, there is one receiver. And when I say receiver, it could be a tight end, a wide receiver, a back coming out of the backfield. But there is one guy who is new to the Philadelphia Eagles, rookie, brought in, free agent, whatever else, who in shorts and a T-shirt 
makes a couple of plays and the fever kicks in that this guy is going to be the greatest receiver ever in the National Football League. And we used to be able to put the blame on the fans because they'd be out there at Lehigh. Oh, my God, did you see player X and fill in the blank? Now it's just down to you media guys. And some overstated, and the fans catch it, and they run with it. And if I don't need to name names, do I? Nelson Aguilar, J.J. Arcega, White Sox. Um, I forgot about that. It, it go, go to Paul before. Turner. I, Paul, the, the, the Paul Turner Award. Paul uh, Turner Award, exactly right. Femi <laughs> Moma. Remember Femi? Uh, six, seven, Femi Moma. Yeah, Carlton Agadosi. He was one of my favorites. Yeah, it's always a receiver, Dama. Always a receiver. Who yeah. is this year's receiver? Newbie on the block, not been in Eagle camp before, that is going to make one or two plays and somebody's going to send him off to Canton. Uh, of the new Eagle receivers this year, which one is most likely to achieve that? Well, Jody, I'm not going to pick a new guy. I'm going to pick a guy that people have basically put in the ground. Uh, really? Yeah, do JJ, it. JJ oh, I thought you are going Jalen. I thought you are going to go Jalen right here. You know, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't out to the OTAs, but John tells me he's put on about, you know, since the move to tight end. Yeah, JJ, yeah. 15 pounds. You know, I I think he's going to make this team as, as a as wow. tight end. Wow. Yeah, he's That's 237 listed at uh, JJ. Uh, Don't give give up on him yet. He makes makes a few plays early, gets some confidence. Never can tell. We shall see. Yeah, they need a backup tight end. They really do. He would he would be the first. Well, no, Paul Turner actually did have a couple of years. He he was a guy, and then he died down, and then came back in the next spring. He was the same guy again. So JJ, this could be a second time this happens for JJ because they well overstated (laughs) what he was when he was a rookie too. But new position, new possibility. Like it, Domo. This might help me get a positive letter from his mother. She, she. Oh, his mother. His mother's nice, but that that picture came out when she was at training camp during this rookie season with the with the parasol. Um, yeah. and JJ was standing under, he's never, that's not fair though. That's not fair. <laughs> you, so, so, some of you nice guys cut him some slack for that. Good for you too. Uh, Damo, you are heading out to Canton? I am. Yes. Next, uh, Wednesday. You don't have to yeah. drive with Warndell, do you? Yes, I do. And I'm oh, <laughs> look, looking forward to it though. <laughs> He'll talk your ear off. That's for damn sure. Uh, Damo, great stuff always. And uh, if we don't have you on, we'll wait till after you get back from Canton so you can share all your insights from that with us here on Birds 365. Thanks for sharing today. You're welcome. Anytime, guys. Take care. Thanks, Tom. We'll be uh, contributing for us this year on jacobsports.com, and you can also still read them at the 3013.com. All right, Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. We got an hour and change yet to play with you today. So don't even think about streaming on out. Keep it here on Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You got a like button there, Johnny Mac? Can you hit like? Do they even count our likes? Are we officially eliminated from doing Ah, That's not fair, so I don't do it. I I do like the show, though, Jody. But yeah, I can like the show. Well, I think you and I both need to smash that like button a little bit more often. Uh, We are asking you guys, you Birds fans, getting ready for an upcoming season. You check us out on the mornings. You're getting ready for the year? Well, if you, as long as you're streaming in, you might as well hit that like button. We're not charging anything for it, but it helps with our algorithm and the whole YouTube thing. I don't understand. I'm sorry. I, pre- I appreciate the fact that there is a way that people can track how much they do. You or like, don't the like the show. show? It's the show for the hardcore Eagles fan. I always say, if you like the show, you know, like it. Share it, subscribe it, and you will continue to see the show. So you'll help the show. So do it. It's free. <laughs> right. Doesn't cost you a damn penny. So, uh, and you could uh, lend a helping hand to your buddies, Mac and Mac. And here's the reason why you should like the show today. Johnny Mac, I was checking this out over the weekend, and I didn't realize. When does the Eagle schedule come out? April? 
Uh, they have the they whole push it back deal. to May. Yeah. They push it back to May this yeah. year. Um, usually it's April. Now they've got May. But it does always make me smile and laugh that they have now turned it into an entire day of programming on the NFL Network. It's the big it's reveal. Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable. And the, the amount of uh, conversation that can be uh, struck by the fact that a schedule came out. Uh, again, turning back the clock, and this is something that has not only changed for the better, they've taken it to an outrageous level, um, but there used to be like a, re a release on the Associated Press. That's how you found out each yeah. team's schedule. Yeah. There wasn't this big reveal and hours of network television and websites. <laughs> well, everything's like that, Chatty. Oh, makes me laugh. Everything is like that in the NFL now. And uh, you're right. I mean, you know, you can go back to the NFL draft when it was over the weekend and two days and it was 12 rounds. And, uh, you know, at the end, nobody knew what was going on. You'd wait for the newspaper the next day and see, hey, who was the 11th round pick? And nobody cared. And yeah, it's amazing. But the schedule release has always um, <laughs> amazed me even more because, yeah, you're only talking about logistics. You're talking about... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply dates and times you already knew who your favorite team was playing so right. basically you're only putting dates uh to and and for people that travel it's a big deal uh, because you need that information but for the average fan that's just going to sit and watch on television yeah it's amazing how how excited they get over that schedule release and here's what I was attempting to get to, and I'm sorry I got sidetracked just talking about the magnitude of the schedule release. It does. It makes me laugh. Um, I went back and re-looked at the Eagles schedule because there are a couple of things each and every single year that I look at that are my beliefs from watching 40-plus years of the NFL and, and watching teams and how they comp to each other. This year, the Eagles schedule, they play, of course, their six in-division games. I right now think they have a comparable roster to the Dallas Cowboys, maybe even slightly better. I like the way you stated, Johnny Mack, from 2 to 53. Oh, the Eagles are better. Dak Prescott compared to Jalen Hurts. Does that balance the scale enough? We'll find out. Um, but the, the Cowboys and Eagles, I think, are a cut above the Commanders and the Giants in the division. So if you believe that the Cowboys and the Eagles are very comparable roster-wise, I would always rather play that team home first before playing them on the road. If you got to play them twice in division, there's a team out there that you think you're either slightly better than or even with, give me the home game first. The Eagles have the home game first. They have Dallas early home week six and then later in the season in Dallas. So that could have gone either way. You never know which way that's going to go when the schedule comes out. I think it went the favorable way for the Eagles. So they get the Cowboys home first. If you think you're better than the other team that you've got to play twice in the season, 
I want to play on the road first. I want the first game to be on the road and then get my home game second because I win that road game because I'm just better than them. And then we're going to roll in the later half of the season. They play at Washington and at New York, both teams on the road first and then get them at home later. I think that's the better of the two scenarios. So the entire division, the six games, I think, happen to roll out schedule-wise advantageously for the Eagles, which is very good. Um, they played the NFC North this year, correct? The Packers. Uh, yes, which is good because it's a bad division. Right. Um, who would you consider the top two teams in the NFC North as of right now, John? Uh, Green Bay and Minnesota. Where did the Eagles play those two teams? Both at uh, Lincoln Financial Field. That's a good thing. If Both you're playing the number two think. teams, you want those two teams at home. The other two teams, yeah, sorry, Lions fans, sorry, Bear fans, you'd rather get them on the road because you just think you have a better roster and you can overcome home field advantage by those two teams. So that division played well for the Eagles this year. In the AFC, they're playing the NFC South. This is the only one that didn't work out perfectly, but the, the most important thing of it, I think, did. Who's the best team in the AFC South, Johnny Mac? Um, I, I still think it's Tennessee, but, uh, some people would say Indianapolis, but I would say Tennessee. As would I, do they have to go to Tennessee this year? No, they are uh, coming to Lincoln financial fields. That would be correct. Lincoln financial field is where they get the toughest team. Would I like to get the Colts at home as well? If you got like in the NFC North, we got the two best teams both coming in. I would agree with you, Tennessee and the Colts are the two best teams. Yeah, I would like to see. Plus, well, maybe not. What happens if they were coming here and Nick Foles came into the game after seeing his statue outside and comes in when Matt Ryan goes down in the first quarter and does the whole off-the-bench thing to the Eagles rather than I think the Eagles Eagles would be happy if they got to play Nick Foles wherever, wherever. There you think they'd be okay yeah. with that, huh? Yes. All right. Um, that's the only game that didn't go. If you wanted the perfect schedule laid out, and I've laid it out for you, and I think it's gone perfectly through the first 10 games that I mentioned, and we go to the uh, NFC. Well, I'm only going to disagree on one point with you, Joe. Go ahead, please. One point. You're right. This is an easy schedule. Basically, all the good teams, almost all the good teams you play on the road, a couple, uh, you know, Arizona, you mentioned Indy. The second Dallas game, because of the spot, um, I do not like it all. I do not like it at all. Third of third consecutive road games, Christmas Eve in Dallas, Arlington to be specific. I do not like that spot. That That's it. That's the only thing I look at on this schedule. Even the three-game road and i don't like to call them trips because they aren't really trips in the nfl sometimes you stay out in the west coast but a three-game road swing which is really difficult it's the giants and the bears who are terrible and you could argue who's better i don't i don't know six pence half dozen whatever but at dallas on december 24th as the third consecutive road game I do not like that spot. That is a very, very difficult spot. That is very fair from you. 
maybe this, maybe I got to take my yield color glasses off, but I, I don't know why I'm just feeling Merry Christmas, Philadelphia, a re-air of the Jeff Garcia line as Jalen Hurts comes off the field that day. Uh, yeah. All right. Maybe I'm being a homer and maybe I'm just trying to uh, think it into happening. I'm sounding like Lonzo Ball here. Um, uh, we shall see. But that's a good point. Uh, if you're going to be three straight road games, that last one is the toughest. And sure enough, it'll probably be the biggest game of the entire year for the Eagles. We'll see if uh, where they and the Cowboys sit standing-wise when they get there. Here's the, the – let me finish off the overall schedule because we got 14 games deep. And I looked at this. I said, no, I'd probably prefer it the other way around. But then I thought about it even more. I said, no, this might be okay. They play two games against NFC opponents that are determined by where they finished in the standings. Um, who are the teams that finished in the other two divisions, not the, the division that they're playing on Moss, uh, but the other two teams that finished in the same slot that they did. And that would be second place, which would include the Saints and the Cardinals. Again, which of the two teams do you think are going to be better and you'd rather get the better of the two teams at home? Well, even though I like the Saints more coming into the season than you like the Saints, I have to give the Cardinals the nod because they were the better team last year and they got their quarterback signed. But here's the good news about that. If you're going to play Arizona this year and you're going to play them either at home or on the road, you want to play them at the start of the season because DeAndre Hopkins, as of right now, is suspended for the first six games of the year. Now, that hasn't been completely adjudicated, and there's speculation that he's going to appeal and that they may decrease the amount of – if they only decrease it from six to five, well, then the fifth game of the season is Eagles at the Cardinals. So that means Hopkins would still be out of the lineup. That's a damn big player who will not be playing for the Cardinals. As of right now, he will not be playing against the Eagles this year. We'll see if it changes between now and the time when that game rolls around. But that's a major plus for the Eagles, Johnny Mac. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, that's a really good player, obviously. Really explosive offense, especially out there. So that will help the Eagles. That will be the first game, though, that, you know, if you're going to ask me, I gave you the toughest spot by far. If you're going to force me to pick the second toughest spot, it would be at Arizona in week five for this particular reason. It's the first time they're going to be uh, underdogs, number one. It's the first time where people are going to think they're not the best team on the field. Um, now, I don't know. Minnesota, I don't know what they're going to be. They could be really good. They could be really bad, literally. I mean, it's rare where you have a team that could go and, directly diverge it so maybe they're a little bit better than people are going to expect but week two nobody's going to know that anyway uh but week five after you have washington jacksonville you have detroit as you mentioned week one that's the first step up in competition uh to a team that's a legitimate playoff contender playoff threat on the road that's probably kind of a that would be a logical loss to me. And it would be one where we went down wins and losses, and that's one where I would say that's a logical loss. To All me. right. Here's – man, I got the eagle colored glasses on big time today. Um, you just said that the four previous games prior to the Eagles having to go to Arizona take on the Cardinals, chances are they're going to be favored four for four. 
And if you're favored, you should win the game. And I'm not predicting 4-0, but 4-0 is a possibility for this team if they just win the games they're supposed to win. Check out the Cardinals' first four games. Home against the Chiefs at Vegas and the Raiders. Home against the Rams and at Carolina. That's tough. I think they're underdog in their first three games. Yeah. They'll be an underdog even though they're home against Kansas City at Vegas. Vegas won 10 games last year, too. So I think they'll be an underdog there. And then they got the world champion Rams in game number three. If you go by the underdog, you win your underdog game, you lose your underdog games, you win your favorite games. Cards are going to be one and three. Eagles are going to be either three and one or four and oh. Yeah, who knows? They might be the favored. Eagles are an underdog when they go to Carolina. Yeah, they might. They might be favored if that if it shakes out that way. But you can also turn it if you want to turn it as the Cardinals will be desperate at that point. Uh, good now, point. now, now, maybe it goes in a negative direction. Maybe the snowball starts going downhill. But you can also have the wounded animal. You know, if they're desperate, they might come out like gangbusters. So. Uh, you could spin that with some Eagles colored glasses and, and vice versa. You know what would determine that for me, Johnny Mac? Uh, uh, can they buy into the wounded animal? Uh, what was us? Let's rally as a group. Let's get this thing done together. The coach. Your yeah, I don't on like the fight. coach. You know yeah, I, know you, I know you don't. That's why yeah. I'm going down that road here. For that to happen, for that to work, the coach has to be the guy to pull that squad together and rally the troops, you got faith that the Cardinal coach can do that? No, no. To me, it would be just a talent perspective. Either the players, you know, do it on their own, or and that's why I can go in a very negative direction. But no, I'm not a uh, Cliff Kingsbury fan. Yeah. I, who, who put Cliff Kingsbury as, like, the fourth best coach in football? There was one of those lists, I forget. Yes. Had him, had him ranked unbelievably high this yeah, year. I, I, Who was I, that? Yeah, I, it wasn't I, Pro Football Focus, was it? I don't know, but whoever it is, I'll try to look it up. Deserves uh, ridicule and scorn. That is a bad football coach, bad uh, NFL football coach. I hate you know he knows more about football than me, so I hate. I hope people understand criticism comes at the NFL level. I'm not quite as down on him as you are, but I'm not a big fan either. I think he's, I think he's got a couple of strong suits, and then I think he's got a couple of shortcomings too that people overlook just because he had the kind of success that he did at the collegiate level. Short-term success, one like very short-term. He didn't even have great success at the collegiate level. Yeah, I, it was one of the weirdest hires, um, really ever. I uh, one more quickie. Cone, by the way, says it was pro football focus. Said yeah, Cliff I thought it, that's why I thought right. it was. Which surprised number us not four overall. Number four overall. You got guys going in the Hall of Fame, right? You got Bill Belichick. You got Andy Reid. You got Mike Tomlin. You got Pete Carroll. Those are four Hall of Fame coaches, right there, right there, and right on the top of my head. And your boy Shanahan, who you think can compete oh, with love, any of them. I love Kyle. I know I love you do. Kyle. All right, last thing uh, before we punch up our next guest, and that's going to be Zach Berman of The Athletic, who's going to jump aboard with us. Uh, report out of ESPN. You're a Jeremy Fowler guy. You think he does a good job yes, uh, inside does a very the NFL? Good job. As do I. I think Fowler's good. Um, he reported over the weekend that he thinks it's highly unlikely 
that Jesse Bates will be traded, that his sources tell him that the Bengals have no desire to trade Bates, have not shopped Bates, are not planning on shopping Bates. The fact that they threw the franchise tag on him, he has refused to sign it. He hasn't shown up for any of their offseason work. We'll find out this week when the Bengals open up camp whether he's going to show. If he doesn't show, there's nothing, anything the Bengals can do about it because he's not truly under contract. No. So you can't fine him. You can't take chunks out of his check because there's no check to be taken chunks out of because he's not under contract yet. He has to sign the franchise tag first. So if he wants, he can sit out and not do anything and not show up at camp. And then two days before the season starts, he can come in and say, all right, I'll sign now. And there's nothing the Bengals can do about it, but there's also nothing they can do about potentially trading him to another team and giving that team a chance to redo his contract. His contract well, is locked and, in and, for and, this year. Yeah, and by the way, they can't redo his contract. Uh, right. Team, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the complications to trading for him as well. But obviously you can negotiate, Jody. In other words – if the Eagles wanted to trade it for, he wants to be here. He just signed his franchise tender. They'd agree, and they, they'd sign it and then trade it to the Eagles, which, by the way, the Eagles don't even have the space to fit that under their cap right now. They would have to send suppliers back, and the Bengals would want draft picks. Kind of explained all this stuff before. Very unlikely to happen. You never say never with Howie if he thinks they're that close to being a Super Bowl champ. He can make some moves and he can do some things and, and fit them under the cap. But it's very unlikely because, one, Cincinnati wants him. Right. And that's probably the end game is he sits out camp, gets extra few weeks of vacation, which doesn't matter anyway, 19 hours of practice, who cares, shows up the week before week one, and he plays, and he plays on the franchise tag. That's That's probably what's going to happen. Right. The first first step of the whole process, if he, anybody wants to believe he could or will be traded, Cincinnati has to want to do it. Yeah. And according to Jeremy Fowler, they've given no indication that that's what they're going to do. They're going to go a little hard line on him and go, well, you know, when we're supposed to start camp, we'll have we'll be like, uh, what the hell is the motel that leaves a light on for you? Uh, uh, Motel Six. I Motel believe. Six. They'll be Motel Tom, Six. Tom Odette, we'll, we'll leave a light on for you, Jesse. Yeah. No, we can't force you to come in any earlier, but the light will be on for you when you show. Yeah. And oh, by the way, it will be on because we're not turning it off and trading you. So, uh, for those out there, Eagle fans that are yeah. hoping against hope that they, the one place that the Eagles did not significantly upgrade, they kind of held their own ground at safety this year. Bates would be that significant upgrade. Not happening, and not yeah. because of the Eagles' unwillingness to create the cap space to get him. I just don't. I'm with Fowler. I don't think I've been saying this all along. I don't think no. the Bengals are trading him. <clears throat> no, I agree. And I also snicker at the Eagles fans who think um, you can give all the players you don't want for a 25 year old second. Andre Dillard, Andre Dillard, Jalen Rager, and a third. Yeah. We'll get you Jesse Bates. Yeah, or, 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 yeah, or throw in Derek Barnett. We'll get you Jesse Bates for a team that wants draft picks and a 25-year-old second-team All-Pro. Yeah. Exactly. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, it does not. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We're your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. 
uh, one of the best who covers the Eagles on a day-in, day-out basis. We'll be sharing grass time with John McMullen shortly within the next couple of days. Zach Berman of The Athletic scheduled to jump aboard with us next here on Birds 365. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. And 22 season gets underway before we know it. All right, uh, let's get underway here with one of our favorite buddies. He does a great job covering the birds. He does so for the athletic. That would be Zach Berman, looking good, looking well tanned, looking ready for grass time. Uh, how's your summer been, Zach? It's been, it's been counting down until this Wednesday. So it's going Are you well. Excited, Zach? I know you're excited. I can't, I I can't wait. I, I can't wait. Like Any Christmas day with football Eve. is better than a day without football. Yeah, exactly. All right, let me let me go here first, and I will defend myself ahead of time. And unlike uh, my buddy uh, Jim J. 
James Solberry. Um, not a stupid question, at least in my opinion. But you guys can go ahead <laughs> and tell me Zach, if it is. When uh, I ask it, Zach, yeah. let's say Wednesday, when you get down there, it just so happens that Zach Berman of The Athletic is given the first question to Nick Sirianni, the in-season, started season, first availability of the coach. First question is, Zach Berman, what are you asking? Well, so, you know, it's an interesting question that you asked that because we're talking before practice, not after practice, right? If you're talking after practice, you want an assessment of Hertz. Uh, I think, I think that's, that's the big storyline. But I would say going into camp, you, you want a, a rundown of, of the players in, the players out, injury status. They, they, a Nick isn't one to give you much in that area, but you want to get a sense of that. They don't have guys coming off of major injuries, but this isn't a, a training camp where there's this, this, this big pertinent major topic that, uh, that, that, that needs to come across. I, I think this is one of those camps where um, over time you're getting a, a better sense. You know, it's, it's not, I, I think back to 2018, everything was when's Carson Wentz going to be on the field. Right. And then, you know, 2020, it was about the new offense that they had last year. There were so many questions here it's 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 let's it's let's get them on the field and let's see how they look uh well let's talk about zach that number one story uh, and it's number one uh on the jersey number and your hearts jalen hurts obviously this team has done i think we all agree howie roseman has had an excellent off season adding talent to this particular team uh, give some love to the athletic and your colleague, uh, Mike Sando just came out with his annual sort of quarterback tiers where he polls uh, coaches and executives. Jalen, tier three, which I don't think is a surprise, number 20 overall. By the way, he's tied with Carson Wentz. I don't know. <laughs> that, kind of ironic, I don't right? know if the league is trolling us there, yeah. but he's tied with Carson Wentz at 20th overall. Uh, he took a, a big jump from last year. Is the is the possibility now? It's tougher to go from thirty to twenty. It, it's tougher to go from twenty to ten, obviously. But do you see that same kind? Is there at least the possibility of that same kind of significant step forward in year three for Jalen Hurts? The short answer is yes. Uh, the, the, the more nuanced answer is to me, it's, it's not, can he get, can he make that jump? It's what's the jump that comes thereafter, right? Because I think based on Jalen's skill set, based on Jalen's personality, it's certainly conceivable for him to be a top half of the, of the league quarterback. But when you're watching Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes in the postseason, when you're watching Matthew Stafford versus Tom Brady in the postseason, what you're wondering is, can he become one of those guys who's winning you those late January games? And I think, and, and you know this, John, inside the Eagles building, there's a belief that whatever Jalen's potential is, he's going to hit it. Yeah. The tougher question for the people in the building is what exactly is that upside? Because they're not certain of what it is yet. And even if they don't want to put a limit on it, that's going to be the prevailing question with Jalen Hurts is not can he make the strides to be better. I know he can be better. It's how good can he eventually become. ZB, uh, coming into camp last year at the tight end position, 
We knew the Eagles had two starter quality tight ends, one of which they were banking on continued improvement and making a commitment to and giving a contract to. The other one, the veteran guy, who maybe his better days were behind him, but was still a very viable player. It's a different look in camp this year. It's Dallas Cotter signed, sealed, delivered, and then a whole bunch of question marks behind him. What's Dallas Goddard's mindset coming into this year? How motivated is he to prove that the contract that he got, he was well worth it? Does he have to try and raise up his guys that he'll be playing with? Because one big hit away and the Eagles are starting a backup tight end this incoming season. What do you think Dallas Goddard's mindset is to start the year in camp this year? Finally, that's his mindset, right? His, his mindset is that after, after all these years of, of sharing a tight end room, of waiting to become like the unquestioned number one guy. He is the unquestioned number one guy, and you're going to see it in the offense. Uh, he's He's been productive. So it's not as if you're going to see this huge jump in numbers. And there are other players in this passing game, namely A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So his target share isn't going to jump a significant amount either. But he is going to be – featured in this offense and he's going to have a big year as long as he's healthy. They gave him that contract last year with the expectation that he's a top five tight end. And I thought, I think that's what you're going to see from Dallas Goddard this season. Do you think there could be any potential issues act moving forward in the fact that, as you mentioned, yeah, Dallas is number one in the tight end room. Now that Zach is gone. Um, and he was for a portion of last season. But he actually took a step down when you talk about game planning. Last year it was, as Nick would say, 6-88 and 88 or 88-6. and six. This year it's going to be 11 and then 6 and then 88. So in, in theory, you take a step back on an offense that is run-dependent or at least run-heavy to begin with. Any concern that... There's only one football. You have all these playmakers. That could be an issue moving forward down the line, at least at points. Not in my mind um, for two reasons. First off, I don't anticipate them being as run dependent as they were toward the second half last year. Uh, I think they did that out of necessity. And I, I, I think their, their hope is, is that they can pass more, uh, number one. And then number two, I expect them to have to, to run more overall plays than they did last year to not just in terms of sustaining drives because they, they had sustained drives a decent amount the second half last year, but you know, they'll, 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 there'll be more points. The game won't slow down as much. They're going to have more plays overall. So no, I, I don't anticipate that being a problem. Now, if he was in a contract year, maybe it's a, it's a bigger question, but you know, you and I have covered this team when their problem has, has been they don't have enough guys to pass yeah. the ball to. Yeah. Um, I think they'll they'll welcome the question of how do you keep everyone happy. But real quick as a follow-up to that, Zach, what Nick has talked to us many times, and he's admitted when he talks about the quarterback position, he looks at 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 four traits and he looks at accuracy, decision making, um, movement skills extending plays off schedule, whatever you want to call it, arm strength. 
recently he kind of shifted. It was always accuracy and decision-making first. He said something interesting to me in the fact that, you know, I think his quote was, sometimes you don't realize until you have it. And he said he's kind of weighing maybe that off schedule, that ability to create something out of nothing is just as important as decision-making or it's getting closer in his mind. Um, We all assume I'm in the same category as you. They don't want to be as run heavy. Are they starting to think, okay, we have a unique quarterback. We have to take advantage of that and build around that uniqueness versus okay, we have good receivers, let's just drop the drop back and throw the football. Any chance of that sort of sea change in thinking because the quarterback is more unique than you're typically going to see? Sure. I, I think internally they don't view that as, as mutually exclusive. I think they believe that, that they can adjust their offense to Hertz's skill set and have, have more of the off-schedule plays and and trust him in those areas while while still relying on him to pass the ball and uh, and i i would say that uh, to your question there and it's a good point early on last year one of the issues in my opinion was that they were trying to coach the quarterback they wanted and not the quarterback they had if that distinction makes sense and yeah. i think that you, you you can't have jalen hurts as your quarterback and expect him to be philip rivers and they stopped having that expectation and if you coach Jalen Hurts for what he is, for what he brings, and build your package around that, um, it could be a very good offense. And I, I, I think that's what they're really going into this 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 season uh, with the objective being. They're going to pass the ball, but they're going to lean into what Jalen does well as well. Zach, uh, the Eagles have a decision to make between now and the first game of the season trying to fit three linebackers into two spots. If you believe the Eagles are going to have two linebackers on the field for most of the plays this year, of course, plenty of sub packages, blah, blah, blah. But most plays, Eagles going to have two linebackers on the field. They've got three good ones, three legit starting linebackers, at least in my uh, evaluation, in Edwards and Kazir White and N'Kobe Dean. Uh, they have X amount of practice hours they're going to put in. They have those all-important two uh, joint practices with the Dolphins and with the Browns. How's it going to shake out at linebacker? How are we going to find out? And all three of them are going to play. We know that because the Eagles like to shuttle linebackers and situational substitute. But somebody's got to play the most. Somebody's got to play the least. The other guy will be in the middle. How will they go about determining that? Sure. Well, a lot depends on the Kobe Dean's progress, right? They, they, they really haven't seen much of him other than the rookie camp, and then, you know, the, the short period of time they had during OTAs. If N'Kobe Dean is the N'Kobe Dean we saw at Georgia, you know, if he continues on that stride, on 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 that trajectory, if you will, then it's going to be N'Kobe Dean and Kaiser White, in my opinion. And and T.J. Edwards, who's a fine player, right? But throughout T.J. Edwards, is, is, uh, throughout his career here, he's he's been the guy you've gone to when the other options haven't worked out, right? And – uh even though he he, he he played well last year and he you know they, they gave him that contract they, they they didn't even tender him they gave him the contract extension before that I think that if TJ Edwards is your third linebacker and someone um, who, who can play more early in the season while Dean's getting ready um, if, if, if there are injuries there but I, I don't think they're building this defense around the notion 
that TJ Edwards is their long-term answer at linebacker. Uh, so they'll, they'll, they'll see what those guys have. But, I mean, similar to my answer before about the pass-catching options, we've covered, uh, we've covered this defense when they haven't had any starting linebackers. Yeah. So if their problem is how many linebackers are they going to be able to play, that's a good problem to have as well. Very true. That is. Um, let's talk about the defense as a whole, Zach, because I think it's, um, you know, I, I joke that people pay way too much attention to 4-3 versus 3-4 in a league where you're 65%. I think it's ironic that people still call the nickel the sub package. It's not the sub package. Mm-hmm. The base defense is the sub package. But what do you expect to see from – from Jonathan Gannon and and the fact that people want to put a label on what he's going to play. Can you put a label on it? Um, um, What is your sort of assessment of what's going on from a schematic standpoint on the defensive side of the football? So it's an interesting question because you you hear from offensive coaches a lot that they want to be matchup dependent, right? And I think that's what you're going to see from the defense. They're going to be a matchup dependent defense. So to give you an example, I, I don't have the schedule in, in front of me, but I think one week they play the Colts, the next week they play the Packers. Um, the, the, the way they play those, those, those teams could be different based on, you know, based on the packages that that team shows you. Uh, they they want to be able to, uh, to adapt to the way they're playing. Uh, or, or, I'm sorry, to the team they're playing. So there are going to be weeks when it might be a heavy – Jordan Davis week, right? And there might be weeks when it won't be a heavy Jordan Davis week. Although I, I guess when I use heavy and Jordan Davis, every week's a heavy <laughs> Jordan Davis week. Um, but uh, but I I look at that with the defense. I agree with you that I don't want to say antiquated, but it's 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 somewhat like um, there's there's it, it lacks nuance to say you're a three four team or you're a four three team. But what what you want to be, or I should say, what Jonathan Gannon wants to be, is able to play the 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 front that works on a given week and based on on the quarterback you're facing the offensive line you're facing the offensive coordinator you're facing that could change week to week i jack b i uh, find the comparison between the eagles linebackers and the eagles safeties intriguing because again it's three into two two guys are going to start two guys going to play most of the snaps the third guy will be lesser, but how much lesser is to be determined. Is Marcus Epps the Nicobe Dean of the safety group? He was not a starter last year, but certainly contributed and looked good at times. I think both John and I are on the same page that he might be the number one safety if you were to rank him. Where would you put Marcus Epps second, third, or first? How do you rank the three Eagles safeties Harris, Epps, and Tart coming in from San Francisco. Well, first off, I think Marcus Epps' agent should take that clip and send it to <laughs> Howie Roseman. Because if, if he's if he's the Nicobe Dean of this safety group, then that should come up with the contract negotiation. And that it, look, I I I think Marcus Epps uh, he he's he's shown promise. Um, in my opinion, I I wouldn't build my safety core around Marcus Epps at, at least not yet. I mean, I. I still trust Anthony Harris more. The The question there is, is that I think Epps has, has more range at, at this point in his career than, than Harris does, and they need more range in that secondary. But 
I, you know, I think Howie Roseman and 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 the front office had a really good offseason. I still think they did not do nearly enough at safety. And um, the middle of the field is so important in, in this in this defense. They lacked the range there last year. I don't see them having the necessary range there this year. Uh, and it, it could be an issue. And, and and by the way, this wasn't for a lack of trying, right? I mean, no, they were, yeah. they were Marcus interested Williams, in yeah. Marcus Williams. So it's not as if like they have a, a different evaluation of their depth chart than maybe you and I do. But, you know, I, I, I think they have to, to deal with reality and, and they have certain prices, you know, for certain positions. Um, but if there's any position on this team where I think come week eight, week 10, we're saying, why didn't they do more this offseason? It's going to be safety because, uh, you know, there's a school of thought that you can get by with safeties in, in, with with like marginal safeties in today's NFL. I actually think it's the opposite. I, I think this is more of a safety game than it's than it's been in a long time. And you, you can compensate for it and, and you can look for certain traits. Um, but if if you're expecting, you know, your safeties to play with range, then you need safeties who have range. Yeah, and you bring up Marcus Williams, which was a good point, Zach. The Eagles were very interested in signing him until it got a little bit too expensive. There is one safety out there that people keep talking about. He won't sign his franchise tender in Cincinnati. Now, the Eagles don't even have the space to bid. Uh, Jesse Bates in uh, under their salary cap right now. Um, Cincinnati doesn't want to trade him, uh, which is obviously a very difficult hurdle to overcome. And then you would have to talk about on top of it, probably a first round pick. How he's, you know, honest and says, you know, if I like a player, I'll go get the player. Um, if the Eagles think, they are a significant contender, but they've moved mountains for a 25-year-old second-team all-pro safety if he keeps pushing things in Cincinnati. Uh, independent uh, independent of the contract. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Bates is a good player. I don't anticipate them doing it based on, 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 on like you said, the, the contract that they would have to give and the draft pick compensation. You know, I, I think back, my frame of reference here is during the 10 years I've covered the team, um, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, when he was on the trade market, was, yeah. was, was someone who interested them, but he was also early in his rookie deal. So if, if you're giving draft pick compensation, you're, you're getting them on a cost-controlled contract. That wouldn't be the case with Jesse Bates here. So I think when you factor in the contracts that, that, um, that are coming up, the contracts that they've already given – it would surprise me at this point. I wouldn't rule it out because he's a good player. Uh, but I think that's that's more of a position that they try to sneak by with this season and they address next offseason. All right, Zach B. How big is receptions out of the backfield going to be a part of the Eagle offense this year? Because we expect the offense to be different. We expect them to throw it more than they ran it last year. Some people like to say uh, passes to running backs are counted or considered as runs. I've never bought into that. Uh, but how, how big a part of the Eagle offense do you think backs out of the backfield catching ball this year is going to be? 
a decent part. I, I know Nick Sirianni likes it, and 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 he should. I you know I think it's an effective part of any offense. Uh, that said, you know we spoke earlier about the pecking order in the passing game. I think that in you know if with less established or with inferior wide receivers, then you're trying to look for yards in different ways, and that's where you might be feeding Gainwell the ball more out of the backfield or Miles Sanders the ball more out of the backfield. I think in with the personnel that they have, it, it, that that option is going to be you know the fourth or fifth look, um, you know in in your progression. It's it, it's not going to be the way it was with say Naheem Hines in Indianapolis when Sirianni was there because he has better receivers now, and the priority in the passing game is going to be AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Um, and, and Jalen Hurts, I always say, Zach, his ability to run the football, mm-hmm. a lot of quarterbacks have to dump it off to the back to get 10, 15 yards. Jalen might just keep it and get 20. And Nick's kind of yeah. mentioned that as well. So I, I, w- I would add to there, you know, a, a big question I, I've received from fans this offseason is the lack of the, you know, quote unquote power running back. And in my estimation, Jalen Hurts is their power running back. And, yeah. You know, we we both know that this is a data-driven organization. If you look at the data of Jalen Hurts, is his his short yardage running, his goal line running. I mean, compare it, say, to Legarrette Blunt's a few years ago. Compare it to Jordan Howard's a few years ago. Um, you're getting more efficiency and better production from Jalen Hurts in those situations than you would the quote-unquote power back. So as long as you're not worried about Jalen Hurts getting injured. I think your power back in this offense is Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and they just signed their big power back yesterday. Jaquan Hardy going to be the guy. Not yet. He's coming in today. Okay. All right. Yeah, I I think that's more of a camp body, but we'll see. We'll see. Putting the cart before the horse here. I get it. I apologize. Um, All right. Week one against the Detroit Lions. Different people have opinions about the Lions coming into the year. Peter King, who I uh, hold is a football opinion on high, thinks they're going to be a much improved team. I know Dan Campbell's a quote machine, but I just don't think he's that good a football coach. And I don't think Jared Goff's a very good quarterback. And it may take some time for Hutchinson, uh, the high draft pick, to actually become a guy who's a double-digit sack guy. What happens if the Eagles go to Detroit and lose week one? I've been a positive Eagle guy looking at the glass half full all day here, so I got to balance the scales. If they go to Detroit and lose week number one, what's it going to be like around here, Zach Berman? Well, the, the three of us would have a lot to talk about, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I think, look, I this is a soft schedule, a soft schedule early in the season, and I, I, I think that uh, you don't want to slip up week one in Detroit, but it's you know it, it doesn't end your season. Um, you know, and, and there are so many variables in week one, and, and, and we've seen that in years past. Uh, I expect them to win that game, but, again, I, I, I wouldn't overstate it. Um, now, if, if, they're, if they're one and three, I, that's problematic because, like I said, the, the, the schedule gets more difficult later, in, you, know, you know, middle later in the season. It's kind of the opposite of, of, of last year. Last year, you, we looked at him and you said it might be a tough start, but they can get yeah. wins later on. And yeah. this year, I, I don't think that's the case. Last one from me, Zach. Everybody follow Zach Berman at ZBerm on Twitter. Read him at theathletic.com backslash Billy. 
does a phenomenal job covering this team. Um, another team the Eagles play this year is the Arizona Cardinals. I got to be honest, Zach. I got a little sticker shock when I saw Kyler Murray's contract. Now, it's not a problem for the Eagles right now. They don't have to worry about it until after this season. But we've talked about Jalen Hurts and the potential extension, and you got to think about the future when you're talking about uh, the present in this league as well, especially as a general manager. You know where this is going. Lamar Jackson's next. You got Joe Burrow. You got Justin Herbert. These prices are only going to go up and up and up and up. And if you start talking about letting Jalen play out his rookie deal, letting him play on the franchise tag. The franchise tag by that time, Zach, is going to be upwards of 35 to $40 million. Does any of this change the Eagles' thought process at the quarterback position from a larger picture standpoint, just because how expensive it is doing the cost of business at that position on a second deal? I think that it, it's 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 a valid question. If you have the right quarterback, uh, you're not worried about paying that price. And you know that you are correct. That that price is going to keep going up. That that's why the Eagles paid Carson when they did, right? Because you know they didn't think there were going to be any discounts in future years, and they projected that correctly. Um, now the, the the player they they did not project, but correct. that's besides the point. Um, I, I don't think it factors too much into the short-term evaluation of, 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 of Jalen Hurts. I actually think that if push came to shove, they would let him play out that fourth year of the deal, and then they would worry about the year after that, the year after that. Um, but it does give you, to a degree, more of a pressure point in terms of making that decision because next year's draft is going to be – deeper at quarterback or more tight, you know, it's gonna be better at quarterback than this year's draft. You never know who's going to be available, but uh, in, in, in terms of free agency or trades, but more so you're not going to have an endless supply. I shouldn't say endless supplies. You're not going to have a premium supply of resources every year. And the Eagles have a, have premium supply of resources again next season. So I think it's more likely the Eagles have to decide, one way or the other with Jalen Hurts um, if he's your guy going forward after the season. But again, I don't view the same um, pressure, if you will, on making that contract decision because he, he, he can play out the fourth year of his deal. Like, you know, and I, I, I don't think that they should necessarily be averse to that, but uh, they, they can make, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be more pressure on them to make that decision about whether Hurts is your guy or not after this season. All right, last one for me, Zach. Uh, Since last year's number ended at two, I will set this year's under-over number at one and a half. Sacks by Derek Barnett. (laughs) Are you going over one and a half or under one and a half? I'm going over one and a half. I mean, look, Derek Barnett's not going to have the same role here that he's had in in, in past years. But uh, if 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 you're a, uh, an edge rusher on passing downs, you can stumble your way into two sacks. And so, yeah, I would feel good taking the over in that category. 
and he did stumble his way into yeah. two sacks last year. So that's saying he's just as good this year as he was last year. We'll see if that plays out. Uh, ZB, always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate it. You know we're going to tap into you uh, every once in a while to come on with us because we appreciate your insight to the Eagles. Mcmullen appreciates standing next to you when you're out there on grass time. <laughs> Uh, Makes him feel taller. Guys who take hygiene the right way. Um, it should be a uh, fun upcoming season. Looking forward to reading you in the athletic at year on Birds 365. Thanks, bud. Absolutely. Thank you. That is Zach Berman, outstanding beat writer, uh, doing it for years here in town, formerly Athletic uh, Inquirer, now with the Athletic. And uh, yeah, good enough to hop aboard when uh, we ask him to join us here on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac. We still got a couple of minutes left. You know what we got to do? Come back, put a bow on today's show. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Down the home stretch. 
of this last show of the year that the Eagles will not be underway. They're underway tomorrow. They're reporting tomorrow. So underway. Officially yes. gets underway. This is the last non-underway show that we're doing, and we've only got a couple of minutes left. So I'm going to finish on this note, John, because I thought it was a fair question for Zach Berman, and I think it's a fair question for you too. And it may just play out this way, that when the assembled beat writers get together on Wednesday and they have their first crack at Nick Sirianni, who will go first, you told me the coaches will be made available before practice. Do you think that means multiple or just Nick? Um, they rotate. It's Nick uh, one day, then Gannon, the coordinators. So, um, right. So, so day one's got to be Nick, right? Yeah, day one will be Nick. Yes. Yeah, they're not going to throw your coordinator to have your first media session. So Nick Sirianni will be the first one to address you guys if they decide that John McMullen gets to ask the first question. Jay Mack, where are you going with the coach? Um. First question, because Jack kind of led into it, is not that interesting before practice, so I'll probably defer. But if it were me, I would ask about uh, last year it took him, I think, eight practices to install his offense. I'd ask him because they shipped it again. They shifted the the way the ramp up period is bigger now. So I would ask him how long it's going to take to install the offense, Um, something mundane like that uh because you know it's nothing this is a very as zach kind of mentioned this is a very quiet beginning of training camp not a lot of questions um you know we've talked about jalen ad nauseum to be honest uh we got to see him out there um so i want to i want to hear how he's going to approach this summer uh, most importantly what will be the key elements to the camp that the Eagles will get underway? Yeah, agreed. And uh, we'll see if Nick has answers for us. You're not going to ask him about uh, throwdown on the tennis court? You, do we do we need I to? Have, uh, no, I'm going to ask uh, Jan, uh, Nick about that at some point. Probably off not, to the Not side. question number one. No, no you're, you're no. not going to start with that, huh? No, probably, probably more off to the side. I'm sure some knucklehead will try to do it in front of the microphones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I will find out the details of, of the big Haddonfield brouhaha. And then he will share them with you guys right here on uh, Birds 365. All right. Yes, first uh, grass time for you guys on Wednesday. How long exactly are you going to be allowed to stay? How long do you expect the Eagles to put in whatever work they put in to actually run J-Mac? Um, I think the first day they're limited to 90 minutes by the CBA. I have to double check that. I sent you the the, the schedule. I don't yeah, have no, I think you're right. I think 90 minutes is exactly um, what I said. So they're going to be on and off the field. Then, you know, talking to the players after is going to be a couple hours. So it's an all day. It's always an all day affair. Then you got to go back and work. It's an all day affair. Jim. All right. Behind the curtain, um, who decides what players you get what day here in? preseason well the eagles uh pr department interestingly because training camp the rosters are so big now the nfl has said locker rooms are going to be open but that's not going to happen till the regular season uh because there's a 90-man roster the eagles locker room is very small to begin with um comparatively speaking to some of these new 
super facilities. Um, so it, it's going to be similar to last year in training camp then as things whittle down to 53 and the regular season, the locker room is going to be open. Um, so it's Eagles PR staff, and you can request as a reporter certain people on certain days. Obviously, day one, it's going to be, you know, Jalen Hurts of the world, uh, you know, the high-profile uh, people. Um, and then as camp trudges on, um, start going down the list. And we'll have to see how uh, the Eagles, their PR staff, besides and you're right uh, and I'm I'm glad that you confirmed that that you can put in requests for certain individuals sometimes you get those requests uh, uh, answered affirmatively and other times you have to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait but uh, looking forward to hearing your camp updates starting Wednesday which means it's Macamac here again tomorrow um, joining us tomorrow will be BLG Brandon Lee Gowton and Chris Franklin correct Correct. Correct. Um, and then camp starts Wednesday and Thursday's the first day off. So I'll be <laughs> right back here. Suck it up and be here for both hours on Thursday, McMullen. Uh, yeah, I think it's funny, but yeah, I will be here. Uh, and then Friday back on the field. I believe that's the schedule. I believe, but I'm not 100% sure. And you're going to have to stay tuned here to Birds 365 to see which Eagle guys sharing insight will be with us on a day-in, day-out basis. All right, partner. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow before we lose you to the grass on Wednesday. I say we do this again uh, come 22 hours from now. You Let's in? do it, Jody. Yeah. And hopefully the weather's going to break. Hopefully it gets a little cooler for Wednesday. Hopefully. Johnny Mac with that heavy sunblock uh, will uh, stay. Use it on Wednesday. But we'll both be right here in front of our uh, viewing cameras for you guys tomorrow in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.